Well, welcome, Landon, to the show. So excited to have you. You're a life and mindset coach. So how about you spend a little time telling us about you? Oh, man. Uh, thank you for having me, Gal. Um, so I am a life and mindset coach. I am born and raised in Houston, Texas. Um, I've lived here all my life. Um, and I kind of got on this journey whenever I kind of hit a certain point in my life where uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And once uh, I started working with a life coach, um, I started getting into like a lot of personal growth podcasts. And I remember one podcast in particular where this woman was working her quote unquote dream job and she felt a certain calling. Like she felt uh, almost like something kept drawing her to being a motivational speaker slash life coach. And one thing that would kind of resonate with me was that she said that your purpose will come whenever you're ready to receive it. Mm. And I was like, oh, wow. But at the time I still was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And the idea of being a life coach had kept reemerging. It kept showing itself to me. And I was like, no, I mean, we all have probably experienced that kind of a uh, imposter syndrome. Like, oh, I can't do that. People are going to laugh at me. People are going to judge me. People are going to say negative things. And so I, like, I kind of dismissed it. And I'll never forget that I had um, a good friend of mine who's also a life coach. Uh, him and I had coffee and he asked me one day, he said, hey man, if you thought about being a life coach, I think you'd be really good. And I was like, oh yeah, I've thought about it, man. But no, he's like, why not? I was like, and with him, I felt like I could open up. So I told him, I was like, man, to be honest with you, man, I'm scared. He was like, and the thing, the next thing that came out of his mouth floored me. He told me, he was like, so you're telling me that there's someone out there who needs to hear your voice, mm -hmm. needs to hear your story. And because you're scared, you're not gonna help them. And literally, I was like, oh. and it took a, it literally took my breath away. And I was like, I couldn't even talk. He was like, bro, like you have such an amazing story. You have such an amazing personality. There are so many people that need to hear your voice and you see your light. You can't let fear rob those people or rob you from giving that to people and I was like you're right and he's like I'm not right you're right and I was like 100% yes and from then on is when I decided to get on this journey of becoming a life coach wow I love that he just st stopped you in your tracks like whoa <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh 100% 100% mean like like the fear had had grown so much for me to where it was like this huge monster that I was just scared of. But when he said that, it literally just shined a light on that monster and it, it shrunk him like that. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your journey. Once you had that light bulb click, how has that been, you know, and um, or how is it going? And what would you want to share with people? Man, so um, there's so much I would love to share with you guys. Um, I guess on this journey, it hasn't been easy. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I, I'm constantly getting out of my comfort zone. I'm constantly being moved to get out of my comfort zone. Um, 
I've been, I initially started working with the coach to basically help me become a better life coach. And one thing I'll say is like, if you guys are thinking about working with a life coach for any purpose, I mean, any reason or working with a coach for any reason, make sure that you find someone who is in line with you. Mm. Don't find, don't work with someone just because they're popular or they have X amount of followers. Find someone who truly resonates with you and truly has your best interest at hand. They want to see you win because I've worked with some people who, you know, have all the followers. um, They have all the great content, but after we start working together, they're gone. I don't hear from them. I don't see them anymore. If I text them, I get nothing. And, and it's kind of unfortunate because as for me, like, if you work with me, I want to see you win. You know, I want like your wins are my wins. Like if you celebrate, I'm celebrating 10 times harder because I want to see your involvement. I want to see your victories. Um, yeah. Um, and I've just, I've just seen, one thing I'll say is that I just now know what I don't want to do when it comes to being a coach. Like that's one thing I can say by working with some of these coaches who have the followers, have the great content, they have, they are at a point where they have things that I know that I don't want to do. Yeah, for sure. Right. So I love that you said, you know, regardless of how many followers you, someone may have, because it's not about the amount of followers, right? It's really like, does the message resonate? Can they teach you something? Can they help you? No, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but tell you a, a little bit about a backstory about me. For me, it's like um, I was primarily in the, in the hospitality, hospitality industry. Um, I was a bartender for several years. Uh, and before that, I thought I wanted to be uh, a lawyer and I kind of bounced around in college, never really having a direction I wanted, wanted to do. Um, fast forward to me getting my first bartending gig. Initially, it was so much fun. Like I had so much fun. Uh, I met so many cool people and it was like a party 24 seven, mm-hmm. you know, um, I go to work. I was the cool guy that everybody wanted to, to come meet, you know, I'm getting all the attention from the girls, you know, but then after a while it, it starts kind of like that novelty and just that, that excitement starts kind of like to wear off a little bit and it became a job where I would literally go in and it didn't feel good anymore. Like I would be up late, sleeping in until 11, 12 o'clock at night, uh, the next morning. Um, and this was like every day of the week. Um, even when I wasn't working, I'd be out partying with those same people and I'd be getting drunk, doing drugs. And I'd be up till wee hours in the morning. And again, not not waking up till 11, 12 o'clock, you know, and I was doing this over and over and over and over. And I want to say after probably four years of this, it became like, it became something to where I didn't feel good. Like I was like, man, I don't like the way my life is going, but I've been doing this for so long. Mm-hmm. What else am I going to do? Right. Um, and 
I remember I had a conversation with one of my friends who was the, uh, the owner of the first bar, uh, bar that I worked at. And I was like, man, I, just, I don't like this feeling, man. Like, I feel like I'm wasting my life. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, what do you want to do? I said, I don't know. <laughs> That's the thing. I don't know what I want to do, but this isn't it. But this is all I know. And he said, well, you got to figure that out, man. You got to figure that out. And then you got to uh, make strides to that. I'm like, well, that, that, that doesn't help me. So I just kept doing it. And I was taking bartender job after bartender job after bartender job after bartender job after bartender job. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I need to be, into, I need to get into management, then become an owner. And then from then I can kind of take a step back and, and really kind of just uh, focus on my life and enjoying my life. Fast forward to uh, the last bar that I really worked at. I was the the GM, and it was probably the hottest. I mean, it was a brand new uh, bar restaurant. It was like, the hottest thing uh, at the time, and I was there. And I remember that I despised being behind the bar because I just still carried all that trauma, those those triggers from being behind the bar. And I didn't want to be behind the bar because I didn't want, I didn't want people to look at me as a bartender. Like I felt like, Hey, I'm trying to shed that perception of Landry, the bartender. Mm. I want to be Landry, the owner or Landry, the manager, you know, anything but Landry, the bartender. And because I hated that. I hated how people looked at me. It's almost like, I almost felt, I felt less than, like, I felt like less than like all my friends, because all my friends that I was hanging out with, all those, they were all accomplished, uh, either with their own businesses or they had good jobs. And then there's me, mm-hmm. uh, the lowly bartender, you know, and I was like, this is not something I want to do. And at this last uh, bar, I was like, you know, I don't want to be behind that bar. I don't want to bartend. And every now and then I would get behind the bar and I'd make like maybe two, three drinks. And then I'd hurry up and get out because I was like, I don't want people getting the wrong idea. Ah. Um, and at the time, I want to say maybe six or seven months in, I met someone who I thought was going to be the woman I was going to marry. And things, um, we had, we kind of we worked together, so it was kind of kind of tricky. And along that same time, my best one of my good friends and another guy, we decided to make a basically form uh, a hospitality group to open up our own bars moving forward. Now, I'm still working, um, and we're killing it. It's doing well. We find a space that we're gonna basically do a nightclub. Mm-hmm. Um, a cocktail bar and like a small bistro all in the same uh, in the same building and I was like okay everything started to align you know um, I'm no longer a bartender I'm a GM about to be an owner I have this I have this girl who I'm madly in love with you know I can see a future with her everything's like hitting on all cylinders we found a space that we can go ahead and start making strides to um, taking that next step, that next uh, level up for me. And I'm like, okay, I had to go through what, what I went through to get here. And as part of part of the process, I just have to keep chugging along, keep plucking away and I'm gonna get there. Uh, fast forward, 
the deal with that place was falling apart at my and I mean right before my eyes, and there's nothing I can do to save it. Like I'm grabbing at straws, trying to trying to save it. You know, I'm making phone calls, I'm calling people, trying to invest money, and nothing's working. Mm. Um, things with uh, my girlfriend at the time were starting kind of starting kind of uh, teeter a little bit. She was moving out of the city to, I mean, to a city like two hours away. And that was an added stress on me. Um, things at work were starting to kind of get a little weird as well. And I, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? Um, I want to say maybe like a year and a half later, things at work had just gotten so bad that I was like, you know, I'm miserable. Like literally I, dreaded going to work like the idea i wake up and i'm like fuck the countdown begun because i i wake up and i'm like okay i gotta be at work in six hours and i'm like and who wants to dread going to your job you know yeah. who wants to have that countdown every day um and then after that uh and then um uh, so during that same time uh, things had were getting really bad with me. My ex, um, I was driving up to Austin, which is like maybe two hours away, two and a half hours away from Houston. Every, I mean, like, uh, so basically Monday through Wednesday, I would drive, I would leave work Sunday morning. Or, yeah, I leave work Sunday morning. I have a backpack, drive all the way to Austin, pass out, wake up the next morning, hang out with her Sunday through Tuesday, Wednesday, drive back to Houston, work uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then same thing next week. And I didn't feel like it was um, working between us. Like I felt, I remember at one point I felt we were starting to get kind of distant, even though when we hung out, it felt good, you know, got up, but I felt like we were kind of fighting. And I knew that I was communicating the best. I mean, I can look back now and, and tell you that I didn't communicate the best. Even she made a comment said, yeah, you're a bad communicator. Um, and I'll never forget that I had a feeling that she was going to break up with me. And I was like, and I remember talking to a friend that's like, oh, you're in your head. Yeah. You guys are fine. And I'll never forget. Uh, she broke up with me. Then I was basically uh, getting pushed out of my position at, at the bar. And then another one of my good friends at the time, him and I had a fallen out. So it was like one, two, three things happened. I was like, and then I felt like I had worked so hard to get up here. Now I've been knocked all the way past where I was. And now I'm going to be back to being that bartender, which I did not want to do anymore. Right, right. And that in itself really was humbling because I was like, I worked so hard to get to myself to a certain to a certain level, and now it was all for nothing. Yeah, and I have nothing. I have literally have nothing to show for it. And I'll never forget. I had a friend of mine. She uh, she was a chef, and she uh, asked me. She asked me one day, "Say, hey, are you okay?" And <laughs> I was really good at wearing a mask, so, so I was always like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good," because. I never want to be that sad guy or the angry guy. I always want to be happy, Larry. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And so I was like, yeah, 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 I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. But I was not good. I was far from good. And I remember her saying, are you sure? I said, yeah, yeah. And I remember her telling me, hey, I want to give you this book to read. Mm-hmm. And that book is what was the catalyst of Get Me On This Journey. Uh, the book was called Code of the Extraordinary Mind by uh, Bishop Gikani. Um, and that book really emphasized meditation and routine. And there was a part in that book where he talks about self-worth and some of the uh, traumas from his early uh, early childhood, which really resonate with me. Um, he talked about how when he was young, he knew that his parents were poor. And it's crazy how children are so perceptive of what's going on like they are so aware of what's going on even though they're children they are they, they know and I knew that we weren't wealthy but I knew we um I knew we, like how can I put this we weren't poor but at, at the same time I knew we weren't wealthy mm-hmm. and also I knew that my mom was a single mom and I was like man th- this has to be tough on her with two kids it's, it can't be easy and in his book, he talks about how he knew his parents were poor and his mom took him to the toy store for his birthday. He's like, hey, pick one toy, whatever you want, you know, this one. Him knowing that his parents were poor, went and found the cheapest thing he could find. It was like, yeah. It was like, here you go. Mom looked at it and like, this? Mm-hmm. No, no, you can pick whatever you want. You don't have to pick this whatever you want. No, no, this this is fine. And she was like, are you sure? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. So she's like, all right, well, pick two more things then. Mm -hmm. So he said, pick two more cheap things. Yeah. And she was like, are you sure? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is is what I want. Mm -hmm. And so she went ahead and bought it and it took me back to when I was younger. And I might be showing my age here a little bit, <laughs> but at the time, um, Super Nintendo was like the popular game console out there. And I'll never forget that my mom was like, uh, it was Christmas. And mom was like, hey, uh, for Christmas, what do you want? And I guess all her friends had told her, oh, I guarantee you Super Nintendo is what you want. You know what? Because all the kids want Super Nintendo. And I wanted to play video games, <laughs> but at the same time, I knew that my mom is a single mom and she has all these other responsibilities to take care of as well as my little sister. Mm-hmm. And she used to buy gifts for my little sister as well. So I didn't want to eat up wave at all, all that. So I was like, so I was like Sega Genesis. And that was like the cheapest of the two uh, game systems at the time. Mm-hmm. And she was kind of like, kind of perplexed. It was like, wait you don't want Super Nintendo I was like no I was like no Sega Genesis I knew Sega Genesis was a lot cheaper than Mm -hmm. Super Nintendo she's like are you sure I was like yeah she's like you sure you don't want Super Nintendo I was like no I want Sega Genesis I want to be different I know everybody has Super Nintendo I want to be different I want to have Sega Genesis she's like are you sure I was like yeah I said yes and it's because I didn't want to be that burden And so I was like, you know, no. And I remember reading that book and that that his story resonated so hard that I had to put it down because it touched a part of my my heart that I hadn't thought about in years. Mm-hmm. 
And so I had to put the book down for a couple of days and because I was like, you know what? I can't read anymore because I can't go that much more deep because I might start crying. Yeah. Um, but after, I mean, but after the book, I started implementing a lot of his uh, routines, his meditations, you know, a lot of his mindset, I started implementing it. And just like a new toy, the first few weeks, it's fun, enjoy it, yeah. Right. And I want to say two, three months, I was like doing it, I was on it. And I'll never forget, one day I didn't do my routine. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'll do it tomorrow. Tomorrow turn to, all right, I'll do it, I'll do it next week. Next week turns to next month. Next month yeah. turns to two months. And before I know it, it's like three months in, I'm like, fuck, I got to get back on this. And I'm never forget, and then my friend was like, hey, how are the routines coming along? I was like, oh. Uh, about that. So I'm, uh, I stopped doing it, but I'm getting back into it. She's like, hey, I want you to talk to a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, just have a conversation. Like, oh, who's this friend? She's like, oh, he's a coach. I was like, oh, oh I don't know about that. And she's like, hey, just talk to him. I was like, I don't, I don't need this. <laughs> I'm good. I'll get back on it. I promise. She's like, do me a favor. Just have a conversation with them. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. Just to shut her up, I was like, okay. And I had no intentions of reaching out to him, like no intentions. And he reached out to me. Mm. I want to say, I think I still have his message to me. And he said, hey, man, um, I've heard a lot about you. I'd love to just sit down and have a chat with you. You know, uh, let me know when you have some free time. Mm-hmm. You know, let's just uh, have a talk. And, yeah. I was, and I was like, all right. For my friend, I'll talk to this guy. Mm-hmm. So I called him up, I set up a call, and I remember thinking to myself, I was like, you know what? I know he's going to try to sell me. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to stay firm. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I had all the objections, like, ready. Yeah. And we talked for about an hour and a half, almost two hours. And literally, like, I dropped down a lot of my walls and a lot of my guard. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and by the end of it, he didn't have to sell me. Right. I was already sold mm. and he was like, Hey man, you know, um, just to let you know, like everything you're talking about, you know, like I've been there, I completely get it. It resonates with me as well. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I, I, not that I feel like I know I can help you. Yeah. Um, and I was like, man, and I'd love to work with you. Mm. Do you have any questions for me? And honestly, there's only one question that I had. Just one. How much? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, but I was like, as a hey man, you know what? He asked me another question. He was like, man, do you want to? Can I ask you a little honest question? You know, do you want to change? I was like, yes. I mean, when do you want that change? I was like, yesterday. Mm. And he was like, he's like, okay, let's get to know. And still didn't want to sell me. And so I was he's like, well, do you have any questions for me? I was like, yes, mm-hmm. I have one question. He's like, well, what's, what's your question? I was like, all right, man, you know what? How much, you know, I, I, I want to make the change. I want to work with you. How much? Mm-hmm. And even when I asked him a question, his tactic for that, I was kind of still kind of floored. He was like, you know what, man? I understand that you are ready and I see that you're ready, but I want to make sure you're ready. Mm. So how about you? let this marinate for a little bit, really think about it because the path that you're going to go down is not going to be easy. Mm-hmm. If you're truly ready. 
we'll, we'll talk about this on our next call and then we'll, we'll talk about pricing and all this, all that stuff. And I was like, but I want to know now. Right, right. I just asked you. How yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. He was like, he's like, I completely get it, man. Let it marinate. Just, let, just sit with it for a little bit, you know? And I sat with it for the next couple of days and I was like, and literally nothing had changed. Like, if anything, I knew for a fact that I wanted to work into him. And I was like, okay. And after working with him is when I really started to get the accountability that I needed because that's what was missing from before. When I was doing it on my own, I had no one to hold, hold me accountable. And <clears throat> with him, we were doing all the things that were in that book, but now I had someone who was holding me accountable. You know, right. any action steps that I wanted to take, I would take them and then he would hold me accountable. And then at the end of the week, he was like, he would give me like little tasks to do as well to mm -hmm. keep, keep me going, keep me, keep my momentum up. Um, one that I, I've actually adopted myself is on a weekly basis, he gave me like this questionnaire where we would basically talk about the things I wanted to achieve this week, which ones fell by the wayside, why they fell by the wayside, and then to celebrate our wins for the week. And doing that helped me to propel myself to the next week and then the next week because whatever I didn't accomplish this week mm -hmm. I could put at top priority for the following but then I could still not punish myself for those missteps because I still celebrated all these other things mm -hmm. I was able to sit in and be grateful for okay well I didn't get the x y and z done but I got all this other stuff done and I feel happy and grateful about that. Yeah. Wow. I love that. You know, cause how many times have we beat ourselves up, right? Like, Oh, here's my list of shit to do. And then oh crap. I, I dropped the ball on two things. Right. And I love that he gave you the exercise. Cause I like to look at it as like, Hey, okay. You know what? Give yourself like cut yourself some slack. What are you going to do different about it tomorrow mm -hmm. or the next week? Right. So I love the exercise. I'm going to re-listen to this and write that down myself. <laughs> 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 after you get done I'll, I'll share it with you there's, there's uh, some other stuff on there too but I'll share I'll share it with you yeah I love that you know and you know and I love that you went into that call too like uh-uh this guy's not gonna get me and then you're like how much how much you know it changed your perspective and and thank goodness for your friend right if it wasn't for your friend you probably would have never got on that call oh 100 percent 100 percent number one I wouldn't have gotten a call too I would never have reached out to him or been introduced to him because I wasn't even in the uh so I thought I wasn't even in the market for a life coach yeah. but um to bring up a quote that you just told me that we've both seen independently when the student is ready the teacher will appear and literally yeah. unbeknownst to me I was ready and yeah. they they he showed up yeah, it's amazing, right? How like things just work out sometimes and we don't even notice it when we're in so deep, you know, in our lives and our situation until we reflect and like, wait, that's why that mentor showed up. Okay, that's why I took that course. When I wouldn't have been interested a year ago, I would have been like, fuck that shit. And all of a sudden I'm like, how much? Tell me, I'm in, I'm all in, give me the goods, you know? <laughs> no, 100%, 100%. Because I mean, like you said, like if, if I would have had this uh, met this coach about a year ago when everything was good or everything was quote unquote good, right. I would have been, I'll meet this fucking guy, man. 
I got this great job. I'm about to open my own bar. I got this amazing girl. Get the fuck out of here, life coach. My life is good. (laughs) (laughs) But but unbeknownst to me, like literally all that stuff was like the surface. Like I, I hadn't done like the deep work where I knew that, hey, this is actually not making me happy. If anything, it's eating away, it's eating away at me, but I'm just kind of masking it over and over and over. And I'm pushing down this, this energy that's literally killing me inside. Yeah. And when you, would you, cause you, did you end up, you weren't working with that guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. And when you say looking back now that that was like a great decision to change your life. Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. Because working with him uh, really opened me up to the idea of working with life coach. Like I want to say, since him, I've worked with probably three or four life coaches, and I'm looking, to, and I'm actually looking to work with uh, someone else uh, very soon. Because I heard a coach say something on a podcast, and it made so much uh, sense. Mm-hmm. A life coach or coach helps cal- uh, collapse time. So instead of something taking you five or 10 years, that coach can help you achieve that in one to three years, because everything that you're going to go through, they've already gone through. Mm-hmm. They can help you avoid a lot of mistakes and help you basically fast track your, uh, your progress. And I'm like, yes. and it's so true. Mm-hmm. It's so true because then at the time, I was, um, when I was doing my routine, I didn't know why I stopped. And it's because I didn't know what my why was, what, why I was doing the routine. Like I, I didn't have anything, anything tangible to show me why it was important to do it. Right. Working with him, he opened my eyes to all the benefits to meditate. Now, I mean, I tell like all my friends know, know mm-hmm. Monday through Friday, I'm up at 5 a.m., and the first thing I do once I wake up is I meditate for mm-hmm. 20 or 30 minutes. You know, I do a, a guided meditation and I switch it up. Um, and, but it's for me, like during the week, it's non-negotiable. Yeah. It, it happens. I mean, even on the weekends, I meditate as well. But it's not at 5 a.m. But Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. First thing, I throw my headphones in and I do 20, 20 25 minute uh, meditation. And it's just now it's just like so ingrained in me that it just happens every day right I love that because that's like your commitment to yourself right how you're going to show up every day and it doesn't matter what anyone's going to say Larian's going to do it you know (laughs) (laughs) I love that because I do the same you know we get up and um and I I love that you even said like a guided meditation because so many times people hear meditation they're like I gotta sit there with my thoughts and do nothing you know and you don't have to start that way so I now actually don't like guided meditation who would have thought I never would have thought that I like to sit in silence Mm-hmm. and even the clock ticking I can't take it like and I never was like that before but it's all about the baby steps right start off small I used to meditate for two minutes because I couldn't do like five minutes I'm like I can't like I just can't do that so I set my time for two minutes right it's all about just starting somewhere but I love that you've been so freaking consistent I mean consistency is, is, a, is a key and I love how you, you talked about how it is baby steps because in the beginning I have been, I've had people say man how do you meditate for so long because I mean I've done 20, 25 minute meditations. I've done hour long meditations, you know, and it's like, I mean, but it's baby steps. And in the beginning for me, I couldn't sit with my thoughts, you know, just by myself because so many things would be just running around in my head. So yeah. many things. And I'm like, and then 
I get to that point where I, am I meditating? Am I meditating? Am I meditating? Am I, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and, but I forget who said, um, Joe Dispenza says, if you actually can think to yourself, am I meditating? Am I meditating? You're meditating. Mm-hmm. Because you blocked out all the rest of the noise that's going on in your head. And now you focus on that one thing. Am I meditating? Yeah. Yes. Because yes, because everything else is like not, not disappeared. Like you're not mm-hmm. thinking about what you have to do today. You're not thinking about Instagram. You're not thinking about yeah. emails or text messages. No, you're thinking about, hey, am I meditating? And everything right. else is like blocked out. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Mm, I like that you brought that in. So if anyone's listening to this, like, am I meditating? Yes, you are. Get <laughs> 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 yourself in the back. Yes, you are. <laughs> yes. Keep doing it so you're not questioning yourself. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, I actually did a, a, a funny reel about this a long time ago where I talked about in the beginning, whenever um, I started meditating, like literally my, my brain's like, ah! and then, but now it's like, yeah, and I, I can just be alone with myself in silence. And it's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's just that, that small thing, being alone and silent, right? Like why do so many of us struggle with that? Right. Cause we're trying to chase the next thing, you know, what's on Instagram, let's scroll next, or what's the next thing I can buy instead of like, Hey, let me just be one with me. And how do I feel? Cause we're so quick to say, Hey, how do you feel? Tell me about your life. But like, no, 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 pump the brakes. Cause you need to work on you before you can help somebody else. But it's, I'm going to share something with me. It's like, I've always like dumped it to others thinking it's going to fill my cup. <sighs> And it yeah. never worked. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm the same. If you're laughing, you can relate. I feel. <laughs> oh, 100%. 100%. I mean, I relate so much because, I mean, also with that, um, I listened to something the other day where they say that a lot of times, when, uh, because I've always valued myself, or I've always seen myself as a good listener. Like, I can sit there and you can share with me all your inner secrets, I mean, your deepest darkest secrets, anything that's going on with you. And I can sit there and I can listen and not just be listening, just to be listening, but I can actually listen intently, you know, and be able to uh, engage and talk about whatever it is going, you're going through. Um, but I would always do that without sharing from my, from my own perspective. Like, let's say you talk to me about something and then you're like, well, What's going on with you? I would always find a way to deflect and go back to you because I want to hear more from you. But I'm almost doing myself a disservice by doing that because I'm not allowing myself to be vulnerable. I'm like basically taking on all your stuff and filling mm-hmm. your cup with, I mean, filling my cup with your stuff, but it's like, I'm not really filling it up, you know, because right. I have to be able to, I have to be able to be vulnerable and, and unload my things as well. Yeah. And it shows that you're human, right? And you're relatable, you know, like, hey, you're not alone, you know, like, hey, I get it. Like, it may not be the same situation, but we're all humans having this human experience where we all go through some fuck up shit sometimes. Oh, you know, and it's okay to talk about it, right? Instead of just putting the best thing on social media, like let's talk about the shit that sucks, you know, like let's talk about how we got through that shit and let's help other people, you know, if we can be vulnerable, then someone else can be too. Instead of like putting on that mask, like I'm good, I'm cool, how are you? You're good, cool, okay, let's go drink, you know, like no, let's dig deeper. But I used to always be that person too, like. I want to talk about the deep shit. Let's go party. Let's go smoke some weed. Let's go drink. You know, <laughs> now it's like, oh, you want to talk life? Oh, I'm all in. You know, yes. like, let me grab, let me grab, grab, grab some popcorn real quick. You know, yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. It's funny how things change when we change, right? Oh my God. Yes. Yes. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. 
Yeah. So let me ask you, like, what advice would you give to someone who's struggling right now with their mindset? I guess the biggest advice is don't be afraid to seek for help, you know, uh, or to seek help. Um, I know a lot of times that we are programmed that being vulnerable or asking for asking others for help makes us less than or or not or not uh, what's we're looking for. Basically, you want to see you want to ask people for help because others have already experienced what you're going through and you're not alone. So yeah. if you're if you're struggling with a mindset, I implore you. I guarantee you that other people who struggle, struggle with mindset, I'm no, I'm not perfect. I, even though I'm a uh, life mindset coach, I struggle with my own mindset sometimes. You know, I go through things just like anyone else. Like there are times where I still um, encounter imposter syndrome. There's, there are times where sometimes I don't feel like I'm enough, but I still, I've garnered the tools to help me get out of that, that, that mindset. And I still work with coaches who helped me through those tough periods of uh, time. Yeah, I love that advice because it just shows that even for both coaches, we still need help too, you know? Like it's easier for us to help someone else because we're not in that situation, right? We need someone to help us with our situations. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, know? exactly. Yeah, that's why, like, you know, I've um, one of my mentors said to me, you know, if you meet a life coach and they don't have a coach, you better th like think twice and like, wait a minute, <laughs> who's helping you with your shit if you're helping me with my shit? <laughs> A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I mean, like, like there's no, there's no, uh, there's no finish line when it comes to your self-growth and, and um, personal development. Like you're constantly growing a little bit more. And there's always going to be someone who is a little bit further down the path than you. And you want to get their help because they're going to help you avoid a lot of those pitfalls that they've already experienced, you know? And once you reach another milestone, Hey, that's just another sign of, Hey, I need that next coach to get me to that next level, that next level, you know, like you, you constantly want to keep growing as much as possible. Um, there's a phenomenal book out there called the 1% rule. And that just, and uh, it just basically uh, is telling you every day you have the opportunity to be once 1% better. Like don't feel like you have to be 10% better or 20% better or hundred percent better. 1%, you know, yeah. Um, yeah, takes off the stress too. And you know, that pressure. Yes. Yes. Um, Jim quick, uh, a famous, a motivational speaker and great author says, has a quote where he said, what's the best way to eat an elephant mm -hmm. piece by piece. Oh, I love that. I've never heard that. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I was like, yes. He was like, I mean, because it's a fucking elephant. You're not gonna be able to eat the elephant in one bite or two bites or three bites. Why? He's my piece. And before you know it, you'll look up and have the elephant's done, you know? Wow. I love that. Yeah. That's such a good quote. You know, so you've been dropping like books, bombs on us. Quotes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Reading on in. Yeah. Because often too, I was like, wait, I haven't read that. Nope. I haven't read that. <laughs> but, you know, and also too, like you said, like the personal development journey never ends, right? And the one thing you said too, that I really want to bring up, you said like the next mentor, the next level. So you don't have to be, um, to feel like stagnant. If that mentor has done their part, it's okay to let them go. And I'm speaking this from experience and move on to the next mentor, you know, and learn something else because each person brings some different value something different no absolutely absolutely and to to uh to piggyback off that off that comment um one of my coaches that i work with said something to me and i was like 
she's like, you know, sometimes you, you'll have coaches that will drop little gems on you and they'll plant like little seeds. Yes. Now, when they plant those seeds, it might not come to fruition right then and there. You know, you keep watering it by doing uh, doing the actual steps, stepping out of your, com- uh, your comfort zone and just continuing to progress forward. Someday down the road, that seed is going to start to grow. And before you know it, you'll look up and be like, oh, that's what she was talking about when she said this. Or that's what he was talking about when he said this. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you're like, she is preparing me for this moment right now. Yeah. And now I'm, now I'm ready. Mm, I love that. I'm going to remember that because we're going to have a couple of those moments too. <laughs> I feel like it's coming. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, I just want to share a little bit too how we met. We met through a, a coaching program, you know, and if we both didn't make that choice, we wouldn't even know each other right now. Oh, I mean, and I'm so happy and grateful that we did. Um, I didn't, I didn't really get, gain what I want to from um, that coaching program. But like I said, the, the way I look at it is I know things that I don't want to do when, when it comes to my programs and how I coach. And then two, I made so many amazing relationships um, like with you and then some, some other members of the, of the program that it was well worth uh, the money that I invested Mm, I love that that you know it gives people a different perspective like even if you didn't gain exactly what you thought you were you gained something else something even better but you mm. never would have known that if you didn't go through it right and lucky for me I got the pleasure to meet you in person you know <laughs> together and all that so like just telling listeners you can have that too you'll find people that are doing similar things to you you know because a lot of times you, you'll hear like well, my friends don't understand, but you don't have to just see friends as someone who's right next door. You know, we're miles apart. You know, I'm in Michigan, you're, you're in Texas, but we get along and we still connect. So other people can do the same. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as you continue to um, elevate and uh, your vibrations uh, elevate, don't be afraid to let go of some of your friends, you know, because mm-hmm. one thing I've noticed is that your friends have a certain vision and perception of you and as you start to elevate and become this new version of you it's going to scare them a little bit and it's no it's no fault of their own you know they're they are comfortable seeing you as this person in this box you know so once you come to um i guess evolve like wait whoa whoa, whoa. what are you doing come back down here i need you back in this box and you're like no I am here now. Mm-hmm. You can meet me here, or you can stay down there. And w- whenever I want to come down there, I will. But this yes. is where I live now. This is where I live. So don't be afraid to like let go of some of those friends, you know. And it's, it's. I mean, you're not a bad person for doing so. Um, I've had to let go of several friends who were just not aligned with me anymore. You know, we, we're still like friends. Like I still see them from time to time. We will. Uh, grab a drink or hang out but it's not the same caliber as what it was before where I'm going out and getting hammered with them or chasing women with them anymore because yeah. that's just not where I'm at anymore um I'm just not aligned with that anymore um currently there's some friends of mine who were kind of like shocked because I told them that hey for the next 90 days I'm gonna go dry mm-hmm. and they're like 90 days no alcohol I'm like yeah you know it, yeah. It, it'll be fine and I mean, like last year, I did it for 30. Uh, this year, it'll be for 90. And it's more so, I'm doing this for me because I want to continue to better myself, you know, because 
no one's gonna get no one's gonna make me better except for me. So I have to constantly work on myself. Um, my birthday's coming up next month, and so I might take a small break for my birthday. But after that break, I'm getting right back to it because that is something I want to do for me, and it'll be a huge accomplishment to say that hey, I went 90 days without alcohol for the 2023. I love that because I went 90 days last year. I'm not 90, not 30 days. And I don't, I didn't even share that with you earlier. And I did it in a part where I was going to weddings and I mm. knew this bachelorette parties. And I was like, I want to stop using alcohol as a clutch for me to be in um, around people as a saving grace for me. I want to learn to be around people being the true me being sober it was hard as shit. I'm not going to lie. So everybody's like, gal's DD. I'm like, you know what? I'm okay with that. But I learned a lot doing the 30 days and I saved a lot of money, <laughs> you know, like a lot of money doing that. So I love that you want to do 90. I was like, Ooh, kind of tempted me. Like, well, maybe I want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, so last year I did the 30, I'm not sure. Did you do the 30 uh, because of, uh, because of Rob or did you just do it on your own? I just did it on my own. You know, I did it for the month of September. I had a lot of events and I wanted to challenge myself. Okay. Because I'm like, this is going to be a, you know, a time where a lot of events is happening, a lot of social events. And I want to see if I crack or not. Mm. And everybody thought I was pregnant. I was like, no, 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 I'm not <laughs> pregnant. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> and, but I was ordering lemonades and I was like, hey, $3 lemonade. I can do this. This is so cheap. Man, man. I, it's so crazy because whenever I did it, I did it because uh, Rob did like uh, something for the beginning of uh, 2022. But he did that on top of cold showers. And so, oh, yes. yeah. And so I was like, okay, I did the cold showers with that. And I'm not joking. It was intense. Yeah. But looking back on it, I'm like, man, that was, once, I, once it got done, I was like, man, I felt accomplished. And I was like, yes. man, this was awesome, man. Because I mean, you wake up the next morning feeling so good and so mm -hmm. fresh. I mean, I could go to the gym on the weekends. I felt like, man, I can... I'm up at like 7 a.m. I'm ready to start the day. Let's go. Where yeah. before if I go out like a, on a Friday night and I go out to get drunk or or whatever, I get home at three, four o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. Then I I'd be forced to wake up at like eight, eight thirty to take my dog out, walk yeah. her, and then I'd literally come back home and pass back out because I'm like, I'm still so tired. Right. But now like. I wake up before I wake up before her and I'm taking her at seven. She's like, what are you doing, Dad? I'm still sleeping. I thought it was, I thought it was the weekend. I thought we were sleeping in. I'm like, nope, not today, baby. Let's go. Right. That's my dog too. Like, what are you doing? I'm trying to cuddle. <laughs> you know? So like, no, it's a huge difference. And I would recommend anyone, everyone to, even if 30 days is too long, try like two weeks, you know, or one weekend to start something smaller. Well, you go out with people and you're all in sober and having like sober conversations and you start to see who you really connect with and who you don't because when you're all drinking and mingling you're just talking bullshit but when you really have solid conversations it changes a lot and something I want to bring up too when you say don't be afraid to let people go don't also don't be afraid to let people learn the new you mm. give them a chance to learn who you involved to because someone made a comment to me in my life said I don't know if I like the new you and at one point I was like whoa like what the fuck right you know guards went way up and then I took a breath and I said you know what this person doesn't know the new me have I given this person the opportunity to learn the new me or am I just quick to jump to the defense because that's mm -hmm. what I'm used to oh, of course 
Because first I was like, you don't know what I've been through. You know, I've been doing all this deep work and you calling me out. And I was like, you know what? Actually, it's not about me. She doesn't, it's about her. Yes. And then I was like, ooh, what is she projecting? I was like, oh no, it's that coaching session. Calm down. You know? Giving them the opportunity, just like you're a new person, you're evolving and they're used to, and you said it too, Bas, they're used to a certain you. And that was me, you know, partying in festivals. Like I do not regret any of that. I don't recommend doing everything I did personally, but I learned so much from that because like I was always like super tight let me be the good girl and then I went super wild mm. now I found a balance <laughs> you know <laughs> I mean, it's, it's funny you say that because um I agree with you people do you do need people the opportunity to learn the new you and you also need to get the people to understand that hey just because you are evolving doesn't put you in their box yeah. Like I've had, I've had people who come up to me since I've been on my coaching uh, journey who've said something like, and, and it's funny because initially I was on the defense. Um, they're like, wait, you're drinking? You're a life coach? I'm like, what the, what the fuck does that mean? Right. Life coaches drink? But then I was like, you know what? What is, it, what is their per- perception of a life coach? You know? Mm-hmm. And so what I had, to, so I catch myself, I'm like, now I take a breath and like let them know, hey man, I don't know what your perception of a life coach is, but I am my own individual self as far as a life coach. I practice balance. You know, I'm not this woo-woo, you know, super holistic guy. Like, don't get me wrong, I, I do like to um, practice some uh, some holistic um, practices, but I'm not all into that. You know, like I still have a healthy balance where. I can go out and have a drink with my friends or I can go out and do this with my friends, you know, but at the same time, I still have a balance where, no, I still don't miss any of my meditations in the morning. You know, I still meditate during, uh, during the day. Um, I still drink a ton of water. I still work on my body. I still uh, write, write down my goals. So it's a, it's a healthy balance that you just have to, to understand. You can't go all in on one side or the other. So it's either, I mean, you find you, and everyone's balance is different. So, my balance is going to be different from your balance, from that, that person's balance, from that person's balance, and that's okay. Like, you have to figure out your balance between um, your healthy balance of your party lifestyle and then your um, your healthy lifestyle. Yeah, hundred percent. Because I had a couple of clients who said, "Well, I'm zero or hundred, gal." I was like, "Oh my gosh, I use that fucking term too so many times. Like, oh, it's just an excuse." Because you don't want to actually set up the boundaries. You don't want, you don't want to spend the time to find the balance. Mm-hmm. And a couple of them resistant, like, that's not true. You know, I'm either all in party or I'm not. I'm like, says who? You know, says who? Exactly. You're just saying that, you know? And then they're like, oh shit. You know, I'm like, I'm not saying you have to find balance, but is it zero to a hundred bullshit working for you? Because if it was, we wouldn't be talking. A hundred percent. Right. So, <laughs> so what last piece of advice, Landrian, would you give to listeners that want help but are scared to ask for help? One thing I'll say is, what's the worst that could happen? Mm. Being scared is completely understandable, mm-hmm. but is it worth you going down the path that you're still going, that you've, that you've been going down? You know, you've, you've gone down this path for, I don't know how many years, right? years, not days, not hours, 
years. Yeah. If you get to this point now to where you're even thinking about help, you've gone down this path for several years. Mm -hmm. Ask, don't be afraid to ask for help because the day you, the, the one day that you decide that you want help is a huge step. Mm -hmm. the, the time that you actually receive that help, when you look back, that'll be your mile marker letting you know this is when I decided to choose to change my life. Mm -hmm. I love once, that. once you make that decision, it, I mean, everything else is going to be in your, your rear view because you'll start to see the changes. And don't be afraid of the change. Mm -hmm. Be afraid of going down this path that you've already been going down. Right. And staying the same. Yeah, exactly. Staying the same. Yeah. Mic drop. <laughs> I love that. So, so tell the listeners how they can find you or follow you to continue getting all your good energy. Yes, guys. Um, so I have recently taken a small break from um, social media, but I'm going to be coming back really soon. Um, I'm actually going to have Gal on my podcast as well, um, but you can find me on all platforms. Um, your Hype Man Land, that's going to be Y-O-U-R-H-Y-P-E-M-A-N-L-A-N on Instagram or TikTok. And my podcast is going to be, uh, I'm going to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm going to be having several guests on there. I'm super excited. I'm actually having, um, I'm recording a, uh, a guest tomorrow, uh, the following week I'm recording with, uh, ooh, I, didn't, I didn't want to say, but I'm pretty excited to have her on there as well. She actually reached out to me to be on my podcast. Um, but yeah, um, I want to take a break from uh, social media just to kind of take a, uh, a refresh and recharge um, because I, I felt like I was getting in a place where I was just literally on autopilot putting out content and I wanted to be a little bit more intentional and heartfelt. Mm -hmm. uh, I want a different direction as far as giving you guys a little bit more of me and my personality and who I am, because I want you guys to really resonate with who I am as a person versus just my message. So uh, I've been working on that and I have some things in the pipeline that I, I can't wait to start putting out. But I was in for the month of January. Not only am I going dry from alcohol, but I'm going dry from social media. I'm still, as far as like, when I when you guys uh, reach out and engage with me or, or message me, I'm still prevalent on there. I'm still responding back to messages. I'm still engaging on Instagram. Like I comment on, on posts all the time, but as far as like putting out content, I've decided to take a break a little bit and let, let my social media breathe, but I'll be back very, uh, very soon. Mm, I love that. A break is good. I took a two ways cleanse that in the last year to come back in the same, same message to just show the more real me and yeah. to have a better connection, but follow Landrian because he has a ton of content okay even there's some new <laughs> stuff right now there's a bunch of good shit there already so, <laughs> so don't let him discredit himself he's, he's an amazing soul thank you Landier, for joining and coming on the show dropping all your nuggets and insights and your energy i appreciate you so much oh thank you gal you are amazing i'm so i'm literally so grateful that we met you know you guys please 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 follow gal she is amazing um yeah i i can't even put into words how much i how much i love gal Oh, you're so sweet. Give me the chills. I the feeling is so mutual. Oh, you know that I love you. And it's such a such a blessing to have you in my life. Oh God, yes. Yes, I feel the same way. <laughs> oh, thank you, Landrian.